Hi, welcome to the end-to-end e-commerce playbook hosted by Maginus. In this series, we'll share tips, tactics, and real customer insights to help you take your online business to the next level. Hi, I'm Toby Clements, Account Executive at Maginus. Welcome to part two of the Direct-to-Consumer e-commerce series. In this session, we address the elephant in the room. How can you go direct to consumer without damaging your retail relationships? We also outline 10 things you should consider when preparing to go direct to consumer. Right, let's get started. So, what about the elephant in the room? So, keeping distributors happy and maintaining control. There's three ways to do this, or uh, three ways that I've done in the past, which is stage releases, partial releases, and exclusive releases. So, stage releases, you have NPD and NPI launched um, over different channels at different times. You have partial releases, which is individual SKUs released on some channels, but not on others. And then you also have exclusive releases where you would have an exclusive product line, which would only go to certain channels. So again, back to uh, Tommy Tippy for an example of this. So in a first example, which is a stage release, you may have your direct consumer release, which could be uh, one week, three weeks, 10 weeks before the retailer release. And all of the models within the range will get released on the, uh, the retailer site at that time. The next stage is the partial release. So you'll have a direct consumer release and a retail release at the same time, but you hold back you know, unique SKUs. It could be um, a certain colorway. It could be a certain enhanced version of the product with a better feature. Um, it totally depends on your uh, how your business operates in your catalog. Then the next one is the exclusive release, which is where only direct consumer would have the product line and the retailer wouldn't get it. Now, depending on how aggressive you are as a, uh, in, in your approach to direct consumer, you can actually just flip this model on its head and actually you would have, you'd initiate the retailer release first, so you would support your retailers then launch later on your D2C to show your commitment to them and then realize the direct consumer benefit. You can do the partial release where you would have, um, actually you'd only have core lines yourself and you can also do the exclusive release with your retailers and then just have the classic find a retailer link. Now there are reasons why you would do this the other way. First of all is to be less aggressive, but also in terms of the exclusive releases, it may be because you sell something like a pram or a car seat um, that requires either some kind of fitting um, or requires some kind of um, uh, practical demonstration and the customers don't yet have the confidence to buy that product online. So with all that in mind, um, what are the top 10 considerations for starting direct consumer? So when Maginus asked me to do the top 10, I started off thinking what would be the considerations, but actually when I think back specifically to what are the considerations that a B2B um, business has to take into account over one, say, going fresh into D2C as a startup, is actually the considerations that you need to be most wary of are the differences between trading between B2B and B2C. 
So the content style and tone of voice, it's very different. You know, a lot of you guys who are in B2B um, will be used to sending out spec sheets, sending out, um, you know, talking about what support you can give in store just as much as the product itself. Whereas customers need to know about their real life use cases. Uh, number two is understanding where the consumer lives. So, you know, this is the difference between going out and finding your customers, your retailers on LinkedIn versus your consumers on Facebook or Insta or TikTok or, you know, depending on where your demographic is. Um, forecasting. Forecasting becomes very different because, sorry, because you're lo uh, losing stock, you're not losing, you're selling stock one item at a time. And in some cases you're selling it um, in different with mi different minimum orders. So for example, you might be selling uh, a bundle with five products, but those five products are also available individually. You need to kind of um, have a different thought process with your forecasting to deal with that incremental uh, sales style. Uh, the next thing is packaging. Um, so obviously customers expect the, that brand proposition and the packaging is all part of that experience of receiving and communicating with the brand. Um, at the point where they you know, the, that's, that's very, very different to having a palette with a number of products on top. Um, then there's also warehousing and logistics, which I think is probably one of the most obvious ones, but something to check is that um, a case study that I had recently with um, actually a, a well-known um, adult uh, product manufacturer is that they had a really good relationship with DPD, but actually DPD have a completely separate department that deals with deliveries to home. So actually their economies of scale that they had and were getting a great price on B2B was not uh, then reflected instantly because it's on a totally separate P&L and that's just the way the logistics companies work. Uh, the next thing is pricing. You'll need to obviously uh, have a different pricing strategy for how do you handle promotional discounts and things like that. Consumers will expect um, a very different style of promotional discount to the kind of bulk quantity discounts that you have uh, within your B2B proposition. Uh, marketing conflict. So the other interesting thing here is this is probably where, as far as the customer is concerned, it, it, you become uh, a competitor with your own, um, your own retailers. So for example, if, uh, and this is a very real case study, is uh, Mothercare used to bid on uh, Tommy Tippy as a keyword with, uh, with Google AdWords. So when they're doing that, and then we were doing that, it actually drove the price of the ClickUp, and that doesn't benefit anybody but Google. So, you know, being aware of um, trying to be really clever about your keyword strategy because your retailers will not be being clever. They'll be going for the obvious stuff because they've got a thousand categories and whatever else to try and manage. Uh, the next one is customer service. Your customer service will change. Um, you're going to have to start dealing with some, um, some calls from um, customers about uh, they've forgotten a password. They have, um, you know, where's my order at? I ordered it two days ago and it hasn't turned up. Things like that. So, you know, the nature of the customer service will change. Customer service is very much linked to, or positive customer service is very much linked to reorders. So, you know, in order to preserve that, um, that uh, 
customer lifetime value that we talked about earlier, you know, you're really going to want to have a, a strong, well-planned customer service experience. And then the last one, I think, is uh, payment handling and refunds. So being able to process payment handling, think about that early on, you know, uh, look at which of the payment gateways is right for you based on the services that they provide and also the regions that they're active in and also having a refund process as well. Um, a lot of customers want to be refunded back to the card that they bought on, for example. They don't just want to be sent a check in the post or have a, uh, a credit memo sent um, like uh, you know, a, a lot of the, the B2B customers would, uh, would be accepting of. Oh, and the final one is taxation. So if you are operating internationally, have a good taxation plan up front. For those of you who've ever traveled in America personally, you'll know that the place is an absolute minefield for taxation laws. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not something that is, uh, is necessarily has to be an issue. It's just something that, and as with any of these, you know, I don't see any of these as barriers to entry. They're just things that, you know, if you can start talking about them early, then your life will be a breeze when you leave these things to last because you have no visibility or awareness of them then actually that's when you start to get some um, some complications in uh, in the process and that's it so thank you very much for listening thanks for listening for retailers big and small we provide what it takes to sell better and be more profitable we do this by delivering class-leading e-commerce websites that drive online growth and sales fulfillment solutions that facilitate next-day delivery and customer service excellence. For more information, visit maginus.com.